I know what you're thinking. Frank, you're dressed very springtimey for the first official October broadcast, quite frankly. So I know, I know. But I told Lauren and Aurora to grab me something. Uh, they went out shopping the other day. I don't know where they went. Probably Old Navy. And I said, oh, you know what? Get Daddy something, please. Get me something nice and cozy. So they got me a fleece. And it feels very nice. But it's a baby blue, so I look like the sky in April. Anyway, it is October 3rd, 2022, and I'm happy to be here on this Monday night. It's a short week this week. We have tonight, we have tomorrow, that's Tuesday the 4th. We have a great guest tomorrow night. And then I'm away on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But when we come back... Got great stuff from the 10th on. It's it's Columbus Day when I come back, so we have to talk about Columbus Day. I have some great footage for you for Columbus Day. I Last year, when I got all of our family history, decades and decades of family history digitized, I was just, I, you know, randomly go through all the years and just see things, and, and um, I take a, I just take note of things that are just, I don't know, that you would think back in 1993 when it's being filmed meaningless. A little side comment somebody makes, and now all these years later, every last frame is precious. Every last frame is precious. And I found, I think like from 92 or 93, a Columbus Day parade that we all attended in town because it was a big, big thing. Everybody there, everybody has their usual spots in front of one church or another. And it was just a great time, great, great time. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a way to get some of that prepared for the show, do a little show and tell that evening. And I took a stab at it. I, I invited a couple of big names to see if they would want to come on and do a little bit on, on Columbus. But I don't, I don't know what kind of, what kind of luck I'm gonna have. Anyway. I hope that you're ready for a good one tonight as well because we have a little bit of weekend review. I've got a little bit of grab bag. It is we there's this this crazy uh, scandal that broke out amid some pro fishing competitions, and I uh, I wanted to bring on Abe to talk about not only that but also with Coolio because on some of the the morning weekend broadcasts on quitefrankly.tv. Abe has been going live and doing interactive things because we're testing a few different formats for the, the network, which continues to be so cozy, especially on nights like last night. And uh, 
he did some really good breakdowns on the whole Coolio thing because I wanted to have, I wanted to have John Paul Rice on with me tonight to talk about that and Hollywood and and whatever, but uh, wasn't able to bring that together in time. Either way, it's a chilly, windy, overcast, stereotypical backdrop of an October evening tonight. It is also raining, so there's that. Um, a little bit more on Russia we got. In the second half of the show, there is a number of things that we can go to. Most of them show threads that have been populated by you guys. I can't believe how great these threads have, have grown. Maybe we do a little bit of mispronounced words that drive you nuts tonight in the second half. Maybe a little bit of telling us some strange things you've seen in the woods. 18 responses there. The catching, uh, walking in on your parents doing it thread. And other unfortunate incidents of the like. That now has 15 responses, and they are brilliant. They're hilarious. They're cringe. They're... It's just it's just life in its rawest form, and I can't wouldn't I can't wait to do that. That's going to be a great thread one night. I can't wait to hear the calls that we get, the impromptu calls, the people who just like oh fuck it I'm calling in. I know we're going to get something that night. Reoccurring dreams, nearly fifty responses now. I have to jump into that sometime soon. And the catfish thread, I think I'm going to save that for uh, for next week when Bill Altman is in. Something tells me it would be appropriate. You know, he's in inter, uh, uh, information technology. He's all about privacy and internet and anonymous use, usage and, you know, our lives being blended with the digital and how it is just, you know, a part of us now living half on the internet, sometimes more than half of our lives on the internet connected constantly. That It, it is a major vehicle for our social lives now, at least much more than ever before in human history. But um, I don't know. I feel like he would have a, have a good time with that. And he and I asked him, "Have you ever been to Catfish?" He said, "Yeah." So maybe we'll be able to exchange some stories. Who knows? Anyway. Anyway, one more announcement on the Discord, which I hope that a lot more people start using because it's an easy way to get onto the show uh, than fighting through the bottleneck on on Skype. On the Discord for the entirety of October, I'm leaving Spooky Storyline in the voice lobby. So there's a first-time caller line, international, and then there's a spooky storyline. I'm leaving that for the entire month of October. And tomorrow, tomorrow night, we have a great guest to send us off on this short week. Nathaniel Gillis is coming on tomorrow night. He's a religious demonologist. And I was on the phone with Nathaniel today to, to, to you know, get to get to know him a little bit more and also come up with some great things to talk about and it's going to be great it's going to be awesome it really is and also later on in the month another addition i have made to the the broadcast calendar is john D'Souza, retired fbi paranormal investigator he's coming back on on october 28th that should be really fun because he has partnered with david politis i believe I believe he's worked with David Politis on this latest missing 411 that's coming out, which highlights the UFO connection to all of these um, these really incredible patterns of people disappearing in woods and other places. So I, we're, we're, we got that going on. That's going to be our guest trying to really do October upright. You know what I mean? Jelly bean. All right. 
With that being said, thank you to our sponsors tonight, SecretNatureCBD.com. I actually just had a little Secret Nature CBD to relax and to get into the groove for a short but sweet and amazing week, and I can't wait to share it all with you. SecretNatureCBD.com. Go and check it out. I cannot wait to have them on the show to talk about their work cultivating these uh, these plants, the cannabis plant, that specifically how to do it, how to be doing it so high in CBD and still have the plant maintain so much of its character and its social aspects and all that stuff. It's great because you don't get stoned. You just feel like you, I don't know, had a half a glass of wine. There's just, there's just an aura of good feeling. And um, I feel great. I'm especially before a show and you're getting all jazzed up for this. So uh, secret nature, secretnaturecbd.com. Use promo code FRANKLY for 20% off of everything that you buy whenever you buy it. All right, you ready? Let's go into the super chat. Uh, no, into the grab bag. The first one up is from Urban Hollywood 411. Here's the headline. Governor uh, Gavin Newsom in California signs a bill blocking rap lyrics as evidence in criminal cases. So now you can very safely admit to all the people you've murdered without uh, being charged. Because I mean, well, what, like you were going to be thrown in jail anyway? <laughs> Come on. Let's be honest here. Uh, over the weekend, I don't know if you, you caught it, but Joy Reid, one of the dumbest women on television, there's so many, one of the dumbest women on television, Joy Reid, called Ron DeSantis racist. I imagine that. Pretty much r- called him racist because he warned... Floridians about harsh consequences for looting during this time of, you know, putting the pieces back together wherever Hurricane Ian really flattened the joint. So he's just putting out a warning there, harsh warning about consequences for looting during this time of rebuilding. And there's Joy Reid calling him a racist because I guess only, I mean, only black people loot. Is that a or is it a right? For I mean, I I again. How many questions can you ask when these complete nut jobs make these statements? They obviously think about them. They have to think about it. It's not like they're just blurting it out and not think they think I just don't understand it. Maybe they just really believe that everything is a it, it's it's incredible. So it's either how dare he he's looking he's hunting for black people, which means that Joy Reid thinks that only black people would be interested in looting after a uh, natural catastrophe. And if that is the case, then is it a right for black people to go and pick through other people's things in, in the wake of a, of a of a natural disaster? I don't know. You, you have to really wonder where their minds are if they ever had one to begin with. But now you can, uh, you can talk about all your dirty deeds and your rap lyrics, and it is... Uh, you, I guess you have immunity. So, so that's that's great. I think I think that California also recently became a transgender sanctuary state. So if you are a you know a, a child above the age of five and you have been confused in the most gr- gruesome and, and brutal of ways by your teachers and your babysitters and everybody else in your in your state and your your local your local government who's supposed to be there to, uh, you know, work in your interest. Uh, you can run away from home and go to California and um, and have your, your boobs 
chopped off and your your nuts chopped off and I, I guess that there's very little recourse for objecting parents because the um, the very kind-hearted butchers in California want to hold you against their bosom. Of course, they kept theirs. Anywho, let's go on over to the Hill because there's five cases. You know, the Supreme Court is going to be back in session now. Everybody is so happy, so happy because now here's real government. The real face of the United States government, nine freaks who are wholly owned and operated by God knows what. Well, not all nine of them. But anyway, this is not the legislative branch. It's become that. Five cases to watch as a conservative Supreme Court begins its new term. You want to go through through these? You want to hear Chief Justice, frankly, dissertate a little bit? Okay, here we go. Here are five cases to watch. On the environment, the Supreme Court, its first case of the new term involves a major environmental dispute over the federal government's power to protect the nation's waterways under the Clean Water Act. Okay, here's the dispute. Uh, It has no power. Does the Potomac River go right through uh, Washington, D.C.? And whatever portions of the Potomac go right through Washington, D.C., uh, it, it could clean up whatever you want. It could put all the fish nets and all the garbage nets it wants there. That's all. There you have it. The central question is whether the Environmental Protection Agency's regulatory reach extends to wetlands that are not connected to federal waters above ground, but are capable of reaching these waters below the surface. So you see, we're already so far off the mark that this is just squabbling over God knows what. There is no such thing as federal claim to these waterways. None. None. Unless you're talking about putting a navy in those waterways. Anyway, affirmative action. A pair of cases will challenge the use of race-conscious admissions in higher education lawsuits against Harvard and University of North Carolina ask the justices to end affirmative action in college admissions uh, decisions by overruling a long-standing precedent that permits schools to consider race as a factor when assembling a student body. The challengers, a group of Asian-American students, claim the Harvard class class that school violated uh, civil rights protections by engaging in racial balancing and not refusing to administer an available race-neutral approach to uh, admissions. The cases, Students for Fair Admissions versus Harvard College and Students for Fair Admissions versus University of North Carolina will be argued before the justices on Halloween. So are they going to get a trick or are they going to get a treat? The treat would be uh, rightfully uh, uh, affirming that affirmative action is illegal and uh, and nonsense. And it is time for the training wheels to come off. Okay. The reason why it's probably only being heard is because it's Asian students. It would have already been dismissed if it was white students. Election law. Here's another one. The... Justices will hear an election law case that could hand state legislatures sweeping new powers over how voting maps are drawn and federal elections are conducted. Oh, 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 so it's going to be, uh, it sounds like the state legislatures might be handed over sweeping old powers on how voting maps are drawn and federal elections are conducted. They have all of the power, all of it. You see, we're completely off the mark. 
the language that they're choosing to describe these cases is ridiculous. GOP lawmakers in North Carolina are appealing a ruling by their state's top court, which found that a new Republican-drawn voting map amounted to illegal partisan gerrymandering. Oh, geez. Oh, so there you go. We'll see. Moore versus Harper. That has not been scheduled yet. Here's voting rights. The justices will weigh a voting rights case that tests the legal limits on alleged racial gerrymandering, which involves the drawing of voting maps in a manner that dilutes the electoral power of racial minorities. The case arose after Alabama Republicans asked the justices to block a lower court ruling, which found Alabama's new voting districts likely run afoul of the Voting Rights Act. Well, um, the Voting Rights Act, whatever the hell, uh, if it wasn't an amendment to the Constitution, then Article 2 still remains supreme. So I, I, I just don't... It'll be popcorn time. And everybody will scream about one thing or another, but it's it's actually going to be, I don't know. And then LGBTQ discrimination. You can't leave, leave this out. The Supreme Court will hear a First Amendment dispute that deals with a Colorado website designer's refusal to make her services available for same-sex weddings, which is her right. That's it. That's as far as it goes. The case arose when web designer Lori Smith's plan to exclude a gay wedding or gay weddings uh, due to her religious beliefs ran headlong into Colorado non-discrimination law. That law makes it illegal for businesses to the, that serve the public to turn away consumers based on sexual orientation or other aspects of identity. The case will test whether the Colorado law infringes on free speech protections uh, by compelling people like Smith to engage in speech that they oppose. Well, I would have to look into the Colorado state constitution on this one. But if they have any kind of provisions for free speech and and, uh, free practice of religion, then I do not see how this is a thing. Once again, Colorado has been a testing ground for breaking small business owners' backs over the knee of LGBTQ Incorporated. Uh, That's where all the, the bakeries were. I mean, it's just, it's Colorado. It's just, they sit around looking for people, I'm sure she's a gigantic web developer. So what happens after this? Nothing. Nothing. They want money. They want money, and they they think that they're going to be in some gay uh, history book one day for being the one to break the the bigot's backs in Colorado, the small little web designers who who just, just wanted to be left the fuck alone. But I'll tell you one thing. Tell you one thing that might be illegal sometime soon. That is going to be walking into a, a, a movie or, or avoiding watching a gay movie and not liking it. That'll probably be that'll probably be illegal soon. Uh, this Billy Eichner seems to be blaming homophobia for his new gay film Bros. Well, it took twenty five million dollars to make. The film and it only brought in like like a shade under five min five million dollars over the weekend. Nobody went to go see it, none whatsoever. This is from TMZ because look at who he, he blames homophobes for for this, which is hilarious if you ask me. Billy Eichner, new rom com, completely bombed at the box office, and he appears to be chalking it up to homophobia across the country. Yes. It's exactly what it is. 
to blame anyone but yourself when 97% of the country didn't, re- and that's the, the, the straight the straight 97% of the country, didn't respond to your gay porno comedy. It's ridiculous. But anyway, the comedian-turned-actor took to Twitter Sunday to acknowledge the low ticket sales. The movie only raked in $4.8 million domestically, placing fourth this weekend, and he's definitely bummed by the over underwhelming turnout, despite the fact that the film is objectively solid. Whoa. Uh, last night, I snuck in and sat in the back row of a sold-out theater playing Bros in Los Angeles. The audience howled with laughter, start to finish, burst into applause at the end, and some were wiping away tears as they walked out. Yes, yes, everybody, yeah, okay. Everybody on the bus clapped afterwards, too. It was truly magical. Really, I'm very proud of this movie, says Billy Eichner, who snuck into a theater in downtown Gomorrah, and, and, and what do you know? The theater was packed. So he knows that the film is brilliant and courageous. He went, he went, he went to Gomorrah itself. And the theater was packed. So he knows that it's just that everybody else is homophobic. He also went on to claim that despite bros being hailed as one of the funniest comedies in recent memory... They're having a lot of trouble uh, pulling, uh, keeping the trailer up because Universal didn't want to show it because of all the gay content in it. He says that's just the world we live in, unfortunately. Even with glowing reviews, yeah, uh, yeah, glowing. Re- you know who the, all all the the, uh, the 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 film the film uh, critics are, who they work for. It's the reason why any time that a Mel Gibson film comes out, they all go nuts and say the same things. Pretty much all the people who give movies like this glowing reviews, I know the movie is good when they throw up at the sight of a movie. So, oh, oh, all the critics threw up. We better go see whatever the hell it was. And it's usually good. Anyway, he says anyone who isn't homophobic, a homophobic weirdo, I should say, should go see Bros tonight. You will have a blast. And um, with the the graphic gay sex scene that's in it that everybody's writing about. But um, this is where we are. You know, you hear a lot about how one minority group or another is always complaining of the representation that is or is not in one uh, one place or another. Obviously, they don't care when they're overrepresented. But uh, we always hear a lot about that. And what can I say? My taste in entertainment would be very underrepresented in a in a country like Zambia or something like that. If I, if I went to Zambia or Zambia, however you say it, Nigeria, my tastes in entertainment will be very underrepresented. And it's not phobic or racist. It's just the way it is. But you see, in the West, we're running a different game. We've been running a different program for a while now. And it's just simply not enough to empower people to go out and make movies, to be storytellers, to use the, the powers of the free market to bring new creative works to smaller audience who are supposedly supposedly starving for it. It's not enough to do that. No, you got to blame 97% of the country who didn't respond to the gay comedy. You have to call them homophobic. It's a big part of the reason why people are checking out from this whole rainbow shit altogether, by the way. That's why they're checking out from the parades. They're checking out from the hackneyed television shows, all of that. Now, I understand... Why, for example, uh, black filmmakers went with 
the barbershop movies, and they're doing stuff like that. I know Skip loved those movies more than more than anything. He got a rise out of those more than anything, and we liked a lot of them too. But um, you know, if you if you come from there, I understand it. You understand it. Um, but you see, the humor in for, for say, if, for instance, the barbershop films or the Friday films, it's for a targeted audience. Yeah, but it's also the humor. The life situations are also pretty based in their own way. So it had crossover success between black and white audiences because ultimately we're all just men, women, regardless of color. We all deal with work situations, family, uh, various characters in our lives, some serious, some goofy, some liabilities, just, just you know, having children, whatever the hell it is. That's why there's crossover there. You know, obviously there's some things that are made just for some demographics, and it's a free market. It, it, there's always going to be some. If you want to play to one demographic or another, you're playing, for, like, go for it. But when you're in the business of selling a, a, a character's sexual proclivities as the main defining factor of a supposed culture, you're really going to strike a brick wall pretty hard, and we're there. We are at the wall. There is nowhere else to go. They're, they're just they're, at this point. It's just like drag shows, children, uh, gay rom coms. It's just honestly, it's the it's a pretty big reason why HBO in general got tired for me with all the sex scenes. You know, I don't um, I don't shy away from from uh, the 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 naked female form or anything like that. But the when it comes to writing and when it comes to messaging. The use of sex in films and television had become very awkward for me over the last seven years. Very awkward. And uh, it's not that I'm a prude, but I, I when, when you start thinking of messaging and how they're pushing certain things, then you start seeing that it you become embarrassed by the writing. That the only way that you can convey that there is some kind of a bond being built up between two characters is to get... I remember being on, especially during the late 90s, early 2000s, when we're watching HBO every Sunday because they had this killer lineup between Curb and The Sopranos and Entourage. and there was Everything was on Sunday night. It was incredible. Whenever there was a new show or whenever there was a new female character introduced to any of the shows we were watching... I was always like, oh, cool. All right, well, we're going to see her naked at some point. She's pretty hot. It's it just, that's it. You knew they were going to be naked. And it, it never really added to anything, made things weird in the room, and it kind of felt like you just, I don't know. This is all it is, anyway. So bros bombed. It'll continue to bomb because it's getting more and more obnoxious. It's getting more and more uh, belligerent and militaristic, and nobody wants it. There's nowhere else to go from there. And it's not phobia, because there's there's nothing scary about it. It's actually pretty vapid and pathetic. So, anyway, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, damn it. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. 
And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! nights well I was I told um, I told Abe to to come on with us around 630 and damn it's already it's already 630 what the hell am I gonna do what am I gonna do well I guess the first thing I'll do oh you know what it's what's incredible we got together last night and I was on, uh, we were watching our, whole, we were making fun of our Hallmark films and, and my, my parents, we were all together and Lauren and Anthony, it was a lot of fun. My father tells me in between films that he went, I don't know where it was around here, but there was some sort of a fall, uh, I don't know, the seasonal thing going on. And he noticed that a couple, like this older couple and they had a younger daughter that was, was staring at him or like you know trying to see i don't know like looking at him from again he didn't know what the hell was going on he said maybe he was wondering maybe they had recognized him from i don't know where oh spookies from the uh, the movie that we're all going to watch together on the 15th over here in in the studio at, on the, the saturday night show but they came up to him afterwards and they they asked him if he was my dad because they had seen him on the, 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 what was it? The Christmas show. See, we, wa- we watched, quite frankly, and we remember you from the Christmas show with the, the holiday, the, the holiday decorations and all that stuff. I, I was flabbergasted. For this to happen to my father in New York, I was flabbergasted. I still have yet to bump into anybody around here who has seen the show. And uh, I said, wow, that's, that's incredible. So, whoever you are out there, if you're watching, I heard the story, and I, that's crazy. Um, especially since you haven't seen him since Christmas, so really good, really good memory. All right, well, here we are at 7.27 p.m., and, you know, before we get to, I guess we're not going to do the, I'll do the Russia thing after I talk with Abe, because I ran a little bit, a little bit long in the opening, and now we are at the bottom of the hour. But first, before I do that... I saw this headline about North Korea. So, uh-oh, uh-oh, did you hear it? North Korea fires a missile as Japan issues urgent warning for people to take shelter now. This is from the Mirror. So they, they fired an unspecified ballistic missile off its east coast on Tuesday with Japan issuing an urgent warning for people to take shelter. So now you have a, uh, a missile up in the air. Do you know something? What's horrible? 
Maybe it's not. I just don't give a shit. I don't give a shit anymore. I don't care. For what is me giving a shit going to do to stop the North Koreans or whoever the hell is holding their leash anyway? I just don't give a shit. Does anybody else care? Maybe if you're Japanese, you do. But who even knows what what, what kind of theater they're trying to scare you with? It's just one thing or another. Just don't have time for it. Um, what I do have time for is Abe jumping in because I I had th- I think that this funny this is story is not necessarily funny because it's a real crime, but it's something I definitely need an expert to tell me about everything. Abe, you there? Yeah, cool. I'm an expert. You're an expert on pro fishing. I am. Yeah, I actually am. I, during uh, the uh, during the shutdowns, by the way, don't ever refer to it as the pandemic like all these other simps are referring it to as, giving them an excuse. Always refer to it as the shutdowns, at the very least, That's what, yeah. by the way. So during the shutdowns, there was only so much shit you could do, and I went down a fishing rabbit hole and found tournament fishing, tournament bass fishing in particular. The controversy tonight, though, is about tournament walleye fishing, which is a little different, a little bit... Uh, uh, clearly, like, it's a different species of fish. The fish are bigger, and the fish are dead. Like, in bass fishing, uh, there's a lot more conservation involved. Like, uh, there's penalties for dead fish. I guess that doesn't exist in walleye fishing because uh, apparently during this season, the fall season, you have to capture them at such a depth that and, and then run so far in your boat that uh, pretty much kills all the fish, and so they have no penalty for it. But... Perhaps after this controversy, they may consider changing that rule. Well, let's talk about the controversy because people are probably wondering what happened. I noticed this today, and I I thought that the confrontation that was caught on video alone was so compelling. And obviously, I'm not a fisher. I've cast a line a few times. I never caught anything. So I I don't know anything about what's going on in this world. But when I realize how much of the prizes that they have probably stolen with this, these guys got caught putting lead weights into the uh, the bellies along with other just filleted fish you gotta parts. you got to see this fit. you got to just, can, do you have the clip? Yeah, I do. It's pretty much the best way. And I got this sent by someone who has nothing to do with fishing. Sent it to me just knowing that I would know. And it was, boy, it was the most adrenaline-filled drama rabbit hole soap opera of the weekend. Okay. So just start with that and you'll just get a feel of the energy. Now, uh, Abe, I don't know if you're going to hear the audio from the um, from from the desktop, but it's it's about. I have it memorized. Okay, well, two minutes. Here we go. So everybody, uh, just letting you know, there's a little bit of cursing. They're very upset because this is the theft. Uh, when you're talking about the prize money, I'm reading it. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they've probably been doing it for a while. And at this point, you're going to see, if you're in podcast land, you're going to see, however this was this was caught, I don't know if they went through a metal detector or something like that, uh, but however they were caught, now people who are confronting them are cutting open their fish and they're taking out yeah. these big, these big lead weights out of their stomachs, which obviously is going to give them an advantage. Anything you have on there, uh, Abe? Yeah. So these guys were multiple time winners and multiple time, conf- like uh, very 
controversial winner, and everyone already suspects them. So that's kind of the energy that you have to understand that these people, these guys, when they're cheering and they're yelling, we knew it, you fuckers, like we knew it. They had always suspected these guys of having, for somehow cheating, because they win way too often. There's a lot of parody in fishing. You're not supposed to win all the time, always get that lucky. It just doesn't happen. They'd won $300,000 plus in their careers in, and a $70,000 boat in the last year's event. They were even doing video for a uh, web series or something where he was pretty much guaranteeing a victory and like, oh, I don't want to be too arrogant, but I think we have an idea. So this, what you're seeing, is right after the weigh-in. The weigh-ins, they bring the fish in, they put them on a scale, they weigh the fish, they put them back in bags. Well, then the guys kind of walk away. Well, they, the tournament director you're seeing, who saw the weights in the fish, he says, hey, Jake, Jake Runyon and Chase Comiskey, by the way, blackballed fishing for life. Come back, we need to inspect these fish because they had already received protests. And by now, a lot of professional fishermen can see how big these fish are. They could tell, oh, that's a four-pounder, that's a four-pounder. They put these fish on the scale and they only had to beat 16 pounds. They came up with 33 pounds Jeez. on these five fish. And there's and nothing... So everyone, and, and, and you there's, can hear the murmuring around saying, no way, there's no way. That's five fish, that's 33 pounds. There's no way. And so they bring them up. The tournament director, I listened to a podcast today, the first, uh, the first interview the tournament director has done, Jason Fisher out of Ohio. Um... He feels it. He said he instantly just feels that there's hard weight. Cuts them open. Not only finds half-pound egg weights, but they were wrapped in walleye fillets so that hopefully when you felt or when a tournament official would feel the fish, they wouldn't feel the hardness. And who knows how many years they have been doing this. And this is, pe this is against people who are sacrificed thousands and thousands of dollars weeks on end, you know, away from their families uh, and uh, have been winning for years. Gee, well, okay, it's incredible. Hold on, we're half a minute in. Let's, uh, let's go. They're saying you should be in jail. Now look, they're going to cut it open and you'll see the, the weights coming out. Cutting it. Look at that thing. Look at that. Look at that ball. That lead ball that just came out of that guy's hand. Look at it. Let's hold it. He's holding it in his hand right now. He just pulled they that. Found pliers. Pliers. At the end. At the end, they just shoved pliers in there. Oh, oh my gosh. They keep going. They show fillets. Yeah, there's so the fillets. They were wrapping them in so that they would feel like tissue. All right, press play. A fillet fish. There's Look a fillet. It. This is a fillet, yeah. A fillet fish. A walleye fillet. This guy's fillet. stuck. He doesn't know what to do. He's got an angry mob around him. I'm very surprised that nothing happened. I'm glad he happened. It would have been... It wouldn't have been a good look. It already is a bad look. But uh, he got out scot-free. He got escorted out by the police, him and his partner. Well, his life is over one way or another, but I'm sure if it... If it if cooler heads didn't prevail and if the police, I mean, because they were, they were asking for calm right off the bat. You can tell that people want to just murder him. But here, yeah. there's only a, there are only 45 seconds left. I, want, I haven't seen the pliers, so let me see. I don't believe they show the pliers, but they do just kind of show the end. At the end, some of the outrage. Just check it out. All right, here we go. I got video. I'm just saying. You got anything to say? Hey, 
Oh man. I mean, right there, there's like six weights and all this. Eight pounds of weights total. Eight, eight pounds of weights. I, I don't see that. Well, anyway, man, man, oh man, uh, Abe. That's, uh, let me see. They're saying, they did say this is hundreds of thousands of dollars with the prizes over the last few years, including a boat. Um... A huge controversy in competitive walleye fishing. I've been gathering facts. Here it is. This is from this is from uh, Barstool Sports. So this is blown up. Chase Kaminsky, Jake Runyon, caught cheating. Sounds like they've won some big money in boat fishing. And uh, I'm sure the details will be shared over the next week. It's crazy, crazy stuff. Well, this is not a good way to bring... Uh, attention to a sport that is obviously under the radar for most people, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't. As a tournament bass fisherman, I didn't even know walleye tournament fishing existed. But I guess it's all regional. Um, I would say that you know, in my in where I come from, if you turn in a dead fish, you're not winning tournament. That's for sure. Well, that's one thing. We'll see where it all goes. If anything funny happens with that, Abe, you've, you're, you're a correspondent for this story now, and you have to let us know if there's anything else. That needs to be understood. But um, there was something else that you did on an impromptu test stream with on, on the network about Coolio. And I wanted to talk about it at least in a, a minimalist way because I didn't want it to go completely un, untouched before I went to went to this, uh, this little extended weekend away. But I wanted to talk about what you had noticed with the Coolio death. Obviously, the first thing people are thinking when someone who has not even hit the age 60 collapses in a bathroom, they're thinking about the shot. They're thinking about what, you know, what kind of medicines he's been taking, whatever. But when you start seeing the pattern of how he has been so public with talking about the nature, the, the vampiric nature of the industry, how he's not afraid of death, how he has been approached to do one thing or another that went against everything that he believes is, uh, you know, solid as a man, uh, you know, j just just all the things that we have heard in the past from different people. He was becoming more and more comfortable talking about this in public, and it's just letting, making a lot of people wonder how much, how much of that contributed to his early demise. W what did you take away from this? We don't have to go too deep. Uh, yeah. Um, do you have that? Uh, I just sent it in DM, by the way, if you want to, which is the short kind of the best little one minute of Coolio, which will explain kind of what led us to today. Obviously, if you don't know, Coolio recently passed away, right? Rip Coolio. But I guess right beforehand, he was talking about how well someone let's bring it uh, someone in the chat asked him a question that's gonna super chat hey do you got that r kelly playing in your cd box he's like no no man like let me let me tell you you want me like, you want me to play it yeah go ahead and play it. all I right think that's the best I way really to kind of start this out okay let me do that hold on one second and here we go i got r kelly on my on my playlist no nah, not really uh, yeah 
I'm not with that. I believe I believe cats that are into that type of need to be erased from the from the from the from the, from the face of the earth. They need to be, you know, they don't they don't deserve life. Mm. That's deep. Well, they had a fine quotable. I actively, actively seek out those type of and do my best to destroy them. Mm. You know, I yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that, but. Yeah, that's one of my that's that's one of my jobs. Okay. You know, to, to 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 kill pedophiles. Teach, teach. So, light warrior, yeah. huh? He was. I mean, oh my god. I mean, is that the most badass shit you've ever heard? <laughs> I I, I <laughs> can't. That girl had no idea how to take it. Just teach, uh, teach, Coolio. But uh, seriously, how fucking cool is that? How coolio is that? It's coolio. Uh, and it started make, get, getting me thought, like, or it started getting me thinking, like, you get real blackpilled. Everyone who dies in a shady circumstance is always, oh, well, the Illuminati got them. It started getting me thinking, like, we knew that there were some benevolent, well, maybe there are some good guys, good superheroes, and maybe some of these deaths, some of these shady deaths weren't always the Illuminati killing them. Maybe some of, it was the, these good superhero, you know, uh, anti-pedophiles out there. He said he actively, it's his job, he actively kills pedophiles. He doesn't want to get into it, though. And then last night on Frank's Pick, you played the long-form, um, not this particular interview, but another long-form interview where he goes all into it. Now he was approached uh, to maybe be in the special club, and now he's not into that. Yeah. And these are things that he's done recently, and if you go, kind of go back, and a lot of his stuff is more on the light side, the pro-human side. The, the, you listen to the lyrics, it is pretty deep, at least in Gangster's Paradise. You know, you could look at that as icon, iconographically, you know, pretty... Uh, well, if, you, pretty if that's deep. your experience, I, I, never, I never was against um, music that told violent or troubling stories if, if that's and if that's a real authentic experience there's nothing holding there shouldn't be anything anything holding a person back from telling a real story and uh, sometimes if, if if you don't want to listen to it then you don't have to so i i always respected that but it, as you were saying the longer form conversations he's had uh on on multiple shows not only does he talk about the way he was approached and the way that he's rejected what was thrown at him and and how he believes the nature of of uh, not just the industry, but what it's plugged into, the nature of the matrix really is. Uh, he, he, along the way, he, he stops to reflect on the seriousness of talking out about it because he keeps having yeah. to remind people that he's not afraid of death, but he doesn't want to leave his family in an uncomfortable position. So, yeah. I mean, to, to, to say one thing and then counterbalance it with those types of fears, I think it adds a little bit more gravity to what he knows the truth is. Yeah, he said it over and over. He makes it very obvious that people are watching him, and he is getting in trouble for things he's saying, and things that he'd said got him in trouble in the past, and that he's probably going to get in trouble from this. And he's actually not very cryptic about it. So it just got me thinking. Like, it can't just be Coolio. He had to have some, some cool, some friends. Like, uh, so, so who has died that uh, might have been actually killed by the good guy? And then who are some of the good guys? By the good guys. I just think guys. those are two cool things to kind of think about uh, in the old hope-born rabbit hole of the world, you know? 
Well, it's a good one to think about there. Um, I, I appreciate you, I appreciate you coming on for this little this little drop in correspondence gig. We should do this more often. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. Oh wait, we were live this whole time. Yeah, we were live. Oh. Well, hi, hi everyone. Hey, what's on the uh, the agenda for tonight? It's Monday night. On on quite frankly, what's the uh, we have a well, uh, mystery movie. I think you're going to have to tune in to find out, Frank. Tonight it's Movie Monday, and I think we're going to do some fun, uh, not take anything too serious. We've been going into the missing 411s, and uh, I need to uh, take a breath and watch some dick and fart joke. Okay, as long as it's not the, the, the Archie movie. The art, no, it will, I think that one's banned for life. We, we've, uh, we, that one's run its course. Yeah. Because you, you know what it is, it's it's day. at this point it's it's too long it's too long of a joke now, you know it's an entire. I don't even a, think it's a joke. It's, after a while, it stops being funny. I know. It's only funny if people complain and hate it. So just please don't say you don't like it because then I will be forced to play it, and I just can't <laughs> help myself. It's the troll in me. Right. But I think tonight though it will be something funny that everyone will like. Okay, good. If you don't, you just wait an hour and another movie will play. So you're gonna you're gonna play the Medea films? Yeah, all um black exploitation films. <laughs> Everything where you can say, hot slippity damn, dippity do. Well, I, I would actually like we, we should definitely I we should definitely play uh it uh what was it? I think. Car wash? No, next Friday. Soul plane. I want next Friday. Oh, next Friday, okay. Play you know, next I saw that big you know, the giant one eyed scary guy from the friday next friday yeah i saw him preaching at a at a cricket <laughs> down and down on the uh down off of you know one of the in the, one of the hood streets a couple months back just standing there like like cricket had hired him to talk to people in the ghetto well let's see oh, what you come up with friday. anyway it's not I mean, it's not friday it's a monday but anyway it's mystery movie monday and hope everybody enjoys it nine o'clock abe sinclair yeah. Thank you for coming on and helping me produce. I love you. All Bye. Right. Bye. So there he goes. All right. All right. Real quick now, because we have 15 minutes before we go to the top of the hour. What do we have here? I have a little something for you on the Russia end, which I just want to get that out of the way. First things first is some kind of a weird stone structure that they brought from Easter Island. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's John Brennan. That's right. So they have John Brennan on CNN to talk to this 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 other woman. I don't know who her name, but I can't stand her either. And he's there to say that Russia is in bad shape and Putin is desperate and he's he's not going to make it out and and of course they blew up the pipeline. So I just want to play this little this little clip for you. Do you think he's stable? Do you think he's well? He's been dying for seven months, uh, woman. I, I think he is uh, an, an autocrat, authoritarian leader who is feeling increasingly beset by problems and by the miscalculations that he has made as far as going into Ukraine. Uh, he's isolated. Uh, he is also trying to hold on to power. Uh, so I think we're seeing increasingly desperate uh, steps uh, that are being taken. And desperate, desperate, desperate. Yes. Been saying that since the beginning. He's losing, he's losing, he's on his heels. If these explosions in the gas, uh, undersea gas pipelines uh, in, off the Danish coast are acts of sabotage, I think we're going to see more and more things that Putin is going to try to do 
to uh, try to weaken the uh, resolve of the NATO countries, but also to try to intimidate uh, anybody uh, who might uh, oppose it. What an unfortunate looking man. Unfortunate looking freak. My oh my, my oh my. So you know, you know what this means, right? You can now remove all doubt, as if you had any left, that Russia uh, was not a part of this. You can remove all the doubt that you had. Could it have been Russia? It is most certainly not Russia who blew up the pipeline. None. All right? Just on him showing up and doing this. Say, all right, well, I had a little bit of doubt because who the hell knows? But, you know, uh, Brennan is a lifelong commie spook. Doesn't need to uh, listen to... You don't even need to listen to any kind of statement he puts on out there to know he's lying to you. Okay? So, but uh, as far as Anthony Blinken goes, he went and screwed the pooch anyway. He went and screwed the pooch anyway. This was published earlier on this morning, but people were talking about it last night. Headline, Blinken calls sabotage attacks on Nord Stream pipelines a tremendous opportunity. Ever since the recent unprecedented sabotage attacks on the on Russia, the Russia to Europe Nord Stream pipelines, the central question has been continued, has continued to remain who did it and correspondingly who does it who does it benefit? Just when speculation and an avalanche of theories have inundated the web on an array of international outlets, the Biden administration has bluntly and apparently lacking complete self-awareness boasted that the pipeline bombings present an opportunity for everybody over here in the U.S. or for a couple of people in the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said in Friday joint press conference or a brief with Canada's top diplomat that the damage and disruption to the pipelines are seen in Washington as a, quote, tremendous opportunity to greatly reduce European energy imports on Russia. In addressing the mystery sabotage incidents, Blinken began, quote, I think it's first important to make clear that these pipelines, that is Nord Stream 1 and 2, were not pumping gas into Europe at this time. Nord Stream 2 never became operational, as is well known. Nord Stream 1 had been shut down for weeks because of Russia's weaponization of energy. A mere few sentences later, he followed by saying, oh, and by the way, none of that means anything. None of that means anything. Who cares? Okay, yeah, uh, Nord Stream 2 was not up. Nord Stream 1 was, you know, barely doing any kind of business because there is a uh, growing embargo between Russia and the rest of the of the Rainbow Curtain com- countries. Behind the Rainbow Curtain over here. So that means nothing. Absolutely nothing. It does not provide any kind of motive as to why Russia will say, "Fine, okay, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do any business with us." Well, okay, we're going to, we're going to secretly blow it up. They didn't use it. I mean, you'd say that if they blew it up, they use it as a false flag to blame on someone else or whatever. They they didn't take any action. None. Still didn't take any action. Ultimately, this is also a tremendous opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity to once and for all remove the dependence on Russian energy and thus to take away from Vladimir Putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing his imperial designs. Uh, The West has weaponized energy. It has lanced itself in the side. This is so schizophrenic. It's so schizophrenic. They're, They're absolute psychopaths. 
Sociopaths, yeah, but they're psychopaths. This is the key phrase right here. He said at the time, he said at the time, touted that the uh, United States has now become, quote, the leading supplier of LNG, that's liquefied natural gas, to Europe. Liquefied natural gas. Stressing, too, that the Biden administration is helping to enable European leaders to decrease demand and speed up transition to renewables. Well, we know renewables is nonsense. That's not going to get anywhere, uh, anyone anywhere anytime fast. That'll lead you to blackouts and brownouts as, uh, as quickly as getting the gas shut off altogether is. But remember right there, obviously it's an opportunity and we are a leading supplier of liquefied natural gas to Europe. Remember that news brief that I, I brought up on Friday. I think it was Friday. With the stock prices, monitoring the stock prices of liquid gas shipping companies. It's by, uh, I found out, Quiver Quantitative. Quiver Quantitative on Instagram. Quiver Quantitative. Listen to it again. Here's an, a minute 12. This just in. What you're seeing is video footage from the Danish military in the Baltic seas showing gas bubbles at least a kilometer in diameter leaking from the Nord Stream pipeline. And according to the Seismic Institute, underwater blasts were recorded just prior to the Nord Stream pipeline leaks, raising concerns that this was a sabotage. But now here's where it gets interesting. A few hours after this made the news, the U.S. said that it was ready to provide support to Europe after the Nord Stream pipeline leaks. And this begs the question, how could the U.S. send gas to Europe if there's no pipeline? Well, one way is by liquefied natural gas, which if you didn't know, works like this. If you cool natural gas to a low enough temperature, it freezes and becomes 600 times denser, making it ideal for transport via boats. And here's the crazy part. Last week I made a video about how Congresswoman Virginia Fox loaded up on shares of Flex LNG, a liquefied natural gas company, and listen to what I say in it. The United States is the largest producer of natural gas in the world that can make up the energy supply drought in Europe. So what if Washington announced a plan to dramatically increase the supply of natural gas to Europe? The number one way to transport natural gas other than a pipeline is by companies like Flex LNG that liquefy it, and Virginia Fox knows this. Right now, Flex LNG is up over 5%, but I'll be sure to keep an eye on it as this plays out. So to see what else lawmakers are buying check out my website and, and there you go uh, a, a quiver quantitative so it, it's just incredible it's it there's nothing really you don't got to go digging speaking of oil and natural gas and all that stuff it's almost like the, those tales of people moving out westward in the 19th century and just finding pools of oil just brimming to the surface just bubbling up. Well, you just got to scratch the surface and you see this shit here. You don't have to dig far. So that's just a, a little bit more. And I'll tell you, one other thing, getting to the actual blowing it all up, and I heard that they shut off the gas and there's no more leak there. But for the morons, you think about the morons who actually believe that there's a severe climate crisis and that uh, we need to galvanize all of our electoral power to make sure that we, we make it go away. As a result of the terrorist attack, that's what it is, on Nord Stream, some estimates, I have it over here, some are estimating that at least 300,000 tons of methane could have been released into the atmosphere. Now, methane is one of the heaviest so-called greenhouse gases. Environmental damage from the gas pipeline explosion could be the equivalent of emissions of 5 million cars over the course of 20 years. So... It's just incredible to think that the people who do things like blow up pipelines like this are actually the same ones trying to convince average American suckers that the earth is going to end periodically. At the same time, buying up, because they can't resist 
coastal properties all over the place in Florida and Martha's Vineyard, uh, as if the oceans are not going to rise and consume them as well. And one more thing, one more thing that I thought was pretty interesting, uh, maybe a little bit of a synchronicity, but we were talking with Robert Phoenix last week about Russia and Ukraine, and we were talking about uh, Neptune and Poseidon because he was talking about the sea and Poseidon. And I said a Neptune had, had just been trending on Twitter not too long ago because of all of the new space telescopes that have been checking it out from different angles and different filters and all that. Well, this is a report that's been getting around a little bit. Italian newspaper, uh, uh, The Republic, reports that NATO has sent an intelligence warning to its allies, which states that Russian K-329 Belgorod, Belgorod Nuclear submarine has been mobilized, located somewhere in the Arctic Sea, fearing that submarine is looking to test the Status 6 Doomsday nuclear sub, su- superweapon. The K-329 is armed with a superweapon Status 6 Poseidon Oceanic Multipurpose System, also known as the Doomsday Weapon. The nuclear torpedoes have an unlimited range and are impossible to track, according to av- available information. Uh, well, like... Like North Korea, I'm just not, can't live in fear. Just don't have time to uh, to be all quivering and all that shit over this. Just don't. I just thought that the synchronicity of yet another Poseidon drop, another name drop of Poseidon showing up in this latest escalation. We always keep finding new heights. Isn't it amazing? All right, 757. When we come back, I'm going to get to your super chats. And then we're going to get to some uh, to some some nice chill things. I don't know. We'll take some calls, and we're going to get into some of the threads and just start skimming through those. It's a nice, short, fun week, and I hope you're already having fun. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Become a sponsor of the show, quitefrankly.tv, on the sponsor section. I love meeting new people and greeting new people. Thank you all again. We'll be right back. Welcome to Intermission. We'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 Qu
quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this episode taken off for this song alone. But it needs to be played. Oh listen to that beauty. In her place, one hundred candles burning. Oh yes. Oh this entire album. If you want to do something nice for yourself, kick back and listen to the October Rust album by Typo Negative on your back or your front porch one of these evenings and uh, you can thank me later beast inside of me is gonna get you oh coming on in yes there's so much there all right so here we are in the second half of the show, and I want to get to some of your super chats. I don't think it's going to be... Uh, let me see what else we got. Perfect. Perfect. First thing I want to do is I want to start with Rockfin, because I left two people hanging last time I was on air, and I'm so sorry about it. Chuck Sellers, I did not see your tip until after I got off air, and Dan Theater. I'm so sorry. I missed both of your wonderful tips, and now I feel that we have made amends. I hope that I, I hope that it's true. So, um, with that being said, we are we have we have that all out of the way. All right. So here we go. Something else. A little something from quite frankly superchat.com. See what people are thinking. A few seconds ago, it says Frank, such irony. Uh, such irony, you having a show on cheating and fishing tournaments. I am the weight master for a local spear fishing tournament going on here in Alabama as we speak. Over the last 40 years, I've seen it all. Good show tonight. Regards. Stickman Mike, I would love to hear from you. Seriously. I mean, you can jump into the... Uh, it, it's relevant. You can give me a couple of stories from other things that people have tried. You say you've seen it all. Tell us. Get into the Discord so I know it's you. You can jump into the, I don't know, any one of those. The live waiting room. That would be awesome to hear from you. Or you can try to get through. I'll put the phone number on. Uh, Stostube. I'll put the phone number up right now. Stostube, thank you so much for a wonderful... Yeah, I just sent Stostube a thank you letter today. I sent out a lot of thank you letters. Everything's out. All the Polaroids for September have gone out now, and now we concentrate on all of our fun stuff to do in October. Lauren was already taking note and stock of how much Polaroids... Uh, not Polaroids, how much postcards we have for Christmas. And to think that it is just the right time to start taking note of stuff like that is incredible. It is going to be so quick the next couple of months. We have got to and we must endeavor, ladies and gentlemen, to slow everything down and really, really soak this in. Because it's going to go so quick. 
Okay. Shake and Bake. It's been a while. Hello, Shake and Bake. Says, tournament fishing takes all the fun and enjoyment out of fishing for me. It turns quality time on the water into a rat race. I... I boated 38 walleyes in August with my dad, and it was awesome. Um, also, now I understand why Abe really wanted my submersible. You have a, a submarine? Is that what you mean? I don't know any of the fishing equipment, so submersible to me means submarine. Abe is buying a submarine now? What's happening? Anyway, yeah, I don't know if I would, t maybe if I was good, if I was decent enough to go out there, like I know, I know quite a few people, including Abe, who if, if shit really hit the fan, it is such an amazing skill to know I'm going to go catch myself a fish. I'm going to cut that thing up. I'm going to, and we're going, we're going to eat fish tonight. I'm going to keep getting fit and to be able to go out and do that and know that you're going to get something along the way. That's great. If I was already solid like that, I don't know. I would I would spend a day out on the water with a, a friend or two in a in a tournament. I don't mind losing something like that. There are some things I don't like losing at, but I wouldn't mind losing at something like that. It would be fun to do it for something other than just eating. But I would like to take some of this fish home. Abe said that you that you release the fish at the end of the day. Can you at least take one home to eat it? I don't know. Erica Berica says, hey, Frank, curious if you'll share your famous rum ball recipe. That's not me. That's not my rum ball recipe. That was that was a uh, Robin, Robin McCutcheon. She'll be on the air with us next week. She'll be on the air with us on the 12th so we can ask her about the rum balls early so people can start practicing throughout November. Uh, we can ask her about that. She's probably listening right now, her and Tim. So, um Take note of that, Robin. People want the rum balls again. I think it circulated last holiday season, but I missed it. Always love the show. Thanks much and blessings to you and yours. Thank you. You know, going back to Shake and Bake, where he says that it, it turns into a rat race, something I really love is that Aurora has started... <laughs> Aurora has started to say rat the way I say it. I say rat, you little rat. Or like if I call a little tiny dog or, or the cat, it's like, oh, look at that rat, you know, whatever the hell it is. I always put a little something extra into rat. And now she, because, you know, she watches the Ninja Turtles so every once in a while, so she sees Splinter and she goes, a rat. And then there's a rat in, in Lady and the Tramp. That's the rat that, that ruined my life, actually. That and the resurrection of the possum. Two things that ruined my life. But she goes, now she goes, rat. She goes, rat. She, so she starts putting a little bit more rasp into it. Like, okay. And then we start going out to the, we go out to dinner and she starts screaming, rat, 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 rat. So don't, don't, don't do that here. Don't scream rat in a restaurant, Aurora. So I'm very happy that she, that's rubbed off on her. Cause I think that's the only real way that you should say rat. Okay, Bill Gates was watching an hour ago. I was going to, I was trying to see if, uh, if Jim Lee wanted to come on to talk about Bill Gates tonight. Actually, he did a wonderful live stream on the Climate Viewer YouTube last night. 
about something that I wanted to talk about. And that is the fact that Bill Gates has been talking not only about civil war, but that he believes the election is going to be a hung election, whatever that means. I don't know if he's talking about 2022 or 2024. Is it going to be the presidential? Anyway, he seems to think that the ability to even conduct elections anymore is going to go to the wayside, which, again, he's a psychopath. He's a weasel. But at the same time, you listen to somebody like that and you take note because obviously they're not right because they're psychic. They're right about future events because they're usually in on the planning of it all. So I, I've been asking the question, do you think that the 2022 election is even going to happen for two years now? now I, I don't have any money on it or anything like that, but it's something worthy of asking because the environment and the people that we're living around and the, and the, the, the people we're living under you just don't know. So I bring that up. Anyway, Bill Gates in the chat room who only gave me a dollar. Bill Gates. Bill Gates says, I like your fleece, Frank. It really makes you it really makes your boobs stand out. Reminds me of when I was your age. <laughs> it makes my boobs stand out. You know, these are all this is folds of the it's the actual fold of the it's a bunch up. It's a bunch up from the shirt. That's not that's not boob. That's folding in on itself. I would be horrified. I'd be sitting here in a, in a North Face jacket if that's how bad my body was. Okay, I would every night I would sit here in a bubble jacket if that's how bad my body was. It doesn't matter if it was August or not. But thank you, Bill. Thank you. I needed that tonight. All right. Okay, so let's take some. Let's take a call. Let's see who this is. Uh, Seven two four, you're on the air. What do you got? Hey Frank, I just want to tell you, you got the best show going, bro. Thank you. Who's this? Um. You can you can give you can give me a nickname. Dano. Huh? Give, you can give me a nickname. It, you don't have to be on the spot. Yeah, Dano. Oh, Dano. Dan oh, Dano. Okay, hold on. Yeah. There you go. You're in. What's going on, Dan? No, it's good. You always have a great show. You have the greatest guest, and I was back in the homeland, and I figured I'd call. I seen you. You got a great show. Thank you. Thanks. So, so where, so where are you right now? You're, are you, are you in the U.S.? Where are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm back in uh, Pennsylvania. So we're, we're, go we're doing good. Where did you go that you weren't in the homeland recently? Well, I was up north. Okay, gotcha. Do it uh, on a hunting I, on a hunting I, trip? No, I came. I was on the boat and I came back in. I was gone for ten days. So, just want to let you know you got the best show going, and I love you and my brother, and just hang in there. Thank you so much, Dano, and I hope I hear from you again soon. And um, and if you can't get through some night and you want to contribute something to the show, remember you can always email me. And I, I really appreciate the compliments. It makes it makes me feel like a million bucks. I appreciate. Thank you. Yep. All You're right. Good. Have Thanks. a good have a good one, my friend. And I got you I got you stored. So call in any time. I'll know it's you. All right. Let's see. 
Let me get to the rumble real quick. Here we go. Fredo Awakening says, pretty sure Russia shit in Joe Biden's pants at the Vatican. Can't trust those guys. I know. I know. Was that was that not his fault? Was that Russia's fault too? John Brennan should have come out and said, I, um, you know, Putin is increasingly uh, distressed and obviously desperate. I really do believe that he has found a way to put his poop into Joe Biden's pants. I would expect much more from this crazed Russian lunatic, says the, the Easter Island monument, John Brennan, with that granite face of his and that high-pitched voice. What a weasel. Uh, you know, just a weasel. All right. Let's see. Over on pill.net, that's quite frankly.tv. On quite frankly.tv, Sean Joe, thank you. Witchy Poo 22, happy birthday to me yesterday. Happy birthday, Witchy. Falukalon, that's a new name. Sean Joe, Boys Block, Sean Joe again. Zoso Dude says, jo- hold on, pause. Zoso Dude says, tell me that little dress fit Aurora. I'll be tickled. I think it will for like another three minutes. He was so nice. Zoso Dude sent. You know, he sends us like a new tie-dye every week these these days, which I'm not complaining, and neither is Lauren. She steals literally all of them. He sent something for Aurora. It was It's 2T, which she's wearing like 3T now, and sometimes 4T, even though it's a little bit big. So you got to send something a little bit bigger so that she can wear something in spring of 2023, Zoso, because she is uh, she's big for her age. Healthy. Healthy as an ox. Robert Sarns. And now her soul. And now her soul has been marked in a beautiful way. She was baptized on Saturday. It was such a wonderful time. It was such a wonderful. Matt's Matt's cousin, Father Joseph McShane. A wonderful man. And I can't wait until he... He's going to be in town again in November. Because Matt has a family function going on. He's going to be down here in November. I said, make sure it's on a Friday. Because you and Matt have got to come in and we're going to talk. I got to, after the, the baptism, which is so, Aurora was so good. She sat in my lap in the front row. The, the entire church was ours. This is the church that I grew up in. We, the entire church was ours. There was nobody there, just us and our family. And she sat in the front row and she was wrapped. With a ten, just, you know, just attention. And she was listening to everything that, that Father McShane was saying. And he came on over and he, he, he anointed her throat. He did the anointing and all that and with the oils and she was fine with that. She was just, you know, I think she started becoming a lot more curious as to why um, everything, her name was being mentioned so much. Then, then, you know, she, she cried when it came time for the water and he really, he really doused her. He really doused her. So I got it all, I got it all on, on tape and, but she was so good. She was so good. And then the rest of the day, it's just beautiful to have family around the whole day. And uh, Father Joseph came back with us, Matt and everybody. And we're on the back porch having a cigar with my uncle. And we're just asking questions and telling stories and all that all that stuff on the back. It was great. Even though that it was raining outside, we made do. And it was a beautiful day. And I felt, I felt, I just feel good about it. Really good. Um... And then I watched, me and Lauren, oh, uh, Lauren and I, 
watched Father Stu finally on Saturday night. Mel Gibson and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Boy, is that a is that a ride? That is an emotional ride right there. It's a good film. I love it. Uh, if you don't like it, it's just because they curse. But I think it's more real, and that's just it for me. And I I love that movie. I really did. If you've seen it, let me know what you think about it. Anyway, Falukalan says, Frank, I turned 42 today, and I can I get a shout-out? Of course. Falkulan. It's Falkulan. Falkulan. Thank you, Falkulan, and happy birthday, 42. Breathe it in, breathe it out. Have a great night. Delona, Stostube, showering me with just blessings. Curious Patriot, Boyce Blanc, and Jay Brewskis. Thank you guys and gals over there on QuiteFrankly.tv. I appreciate you greatly. All right, let's take another call, shall we? 334, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, man. Um, I just wanted to call and tell you. Um, I tried to call you last week and tell you it's one of those uh, medical stories. Okay. And I think you'll actually find it funny. Okay. Um, so I'll preface it by saying I have epilepsy, and from time to time I'll have, like, random seizures. Okay. And um, I taught English in Korea, and I had a, um, a seizure in Korea, and uh, they took me to the hospital. And so I go to the hospital. And I'm sitting there in the bed, and they come in with, you know, medicine, and I'm thinking it's like whatever, saline or whatever they give you, you know, to hydrate you or whatever. And then the nurse comes in, and she can't speak English because I, speak, I was uh, teaching in a pretty small town. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, she was like, uh, uh, we, we mess, we, this is not right, we gave you female stuff or girl stuff what and i said what come again yes she said we give you girl stuff (laughs) she said it's not for boys and i said what now what did they give you and and well then so another nurse comes in and she goes yes they say that we have given you girl stuff and I said, "What? What is go- what? Like, what's going on?" And then, so the um, doctor comes in. He's like, "Well, we gave you something that is really for females, but it's it's not going to be bad for you." What did they give you? And so, I, I no. Well, then they come back in like. And out, so they're like, you have to stay overnight because it's not good for men. But then the other doctor comes in. He's like, well, you actually did not give, uh, you did not get this stuff. You got, um, you actually got the, the, you got a wrong, essentially got Tylenol, um, which is not good for seizures anyway. It's not going to help with seizures. I mean, it's not going to. So uh, wait, wait. After all said, and, after all said and done, they just gave you Tylenol. Yes, they held me for like eight hours, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my god, they gave me estrogen. Yeah. I'm gonna start growing boobs. I don't know what's going on here. Wow. Well, nobody can tell me what's going on, but. I mean that that is the craziest um, 
at least for me, that's the craziest medical story I've ever had. Well, that was that. that and I was like, I. Yeah, no, no, that that would have been the 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 craziest, some of the craziest eight hours of my life. I'm I'm glad you came in and uh, and shared that with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, have a great night. Yeah, and what's your name again? Uh, Brandon. Brandon. Uh, so I'm gonna should I call you? What should I call you? Korea Brandon. Yeah, Korea Brandon works for me. All right, Korea Brandon, you are saved. Thank you for that story. Wow, thank you for that story. I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't estrogen. That's what I was thinking. They gave him estrogen, or they gave him some kind of fertility drug, or I don't know. I don't know. They artificially inseminated him. That wouldn't have been good. 820, 820. 820, we're doing well. Okay, let's take another call, and we're going to jump into a quick break, and then we are on to our threads for the night, because I have a lot of great things here. I have a spooky story that was sent in to me. Remember, all throughout the month, you can tell spooky stories, whatever whatever it is. Unless I say, hey, guys, let's stay on topic tonight, but most of the month is going to be spooky. Like, tomorrow night is going to be great. I cannot wait to to uh, to talk to Nathan Gillis tomorrow night. That's going to be a wonderful guest, and it's definitely going to be the first of many. I talked to Ryan Gable again recently. Going to be going on his show on the twelfth in the morning, and he'll be coming on sometime soon. Um, maybe sometime around Halloween. You know, we're on the air Halloween night. We got to think of something to do. Anyway, I've got a a spooky story from a guy named Kurt tonight about a encounter he had on Route 66. So we'll get to that in just a second. Here's another uh, another birthday, though, from Phil. Frank, my wife's birthday is October 1st. She's a huge fan of yours, and we watch every show together. She watched the shows this week while we were stuck inside. Due to a Hurricane Ian, we are in St. Augustine, Florida, it become it's become our bonding time after busy day to watch the show. If you can give her a birthday wish or greeting, that would make her day. Monday would work since you don't have a show tomorrow. Appreciate it, brother. Have a great weekend. Phil, I have been chomping at the bit to wish your wife a happy birthday all week. The problem is I don't know what her name is. You never told me. Um so I just want to give her a big hug right now. Happy birthday. Phil and wifey. Well, happy birthday, wifey of Phil. But I just don't know her name, Phil. So I'm I'm sending all the love in the world to all of the wives of Phil in St. Augustine, Florida. That's where it's going right now. So all right, all right, all right. Let's take another call. 405, you're on the air. Frank. Yes. I can't believe I got through, man. Hello. Who's this? Uh, my name's Sean. Sean, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Uh, I want to talk to you about typo negatives. Okay. What do you got? Well, I've I've only, I've been listening to your show now for just about a year because I started listening last September uh, because Charlie Robinson from Macroaggressions. He did a show about his favorite shows, and he mentioned you. So I started listening, and then, um, yeah, one day in September, you played Love You to Death. And I lost my mind because I love, I love type of negative, and you were so excited to play them. I was like, this guy gets it. I, yeah, I do. I think I do. And, uh, <laughs> you do too, Sean. 
<laughs> oh man, I love. I, I feel like for the most underrated band in the history of music. Like so many people don't know about that band and how great they are. It's but anyway. No, you know, you know what I I, I love about that. Uh, obviously, they're the the band's demise. Is that because of of uh, of Pete dying is 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 horrible for sure. But you know Johnny and Kenny, they have gone on to do I think a pale horse named Death and and other and other side projects and things like that. But but um, Josh, the keyboard player, he has not entered into any band. He just he gave up. I, he doesn't do any any official music projects with anybody anymore. And I believe he said that he didn't have any. In an interview, he said he didn't have any real uh, desire to go and do anything because typo negative was the epitome of music for him. That yeah, they had the they had yeah. some, they had some they had songs that take you all over the place. It is just super depressing. Depressing. Then there's sarcastic. There's hilarious. There's driving. Good driving music. But then there's just like you are. There's most of their songs. I feel like I'm just floating in the salty breeze down in Coney Island with seagulls around me. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah, they can take you anywhere, man. Absolutely, and they've still got the heaviest guitars, in yeah. my my humble opinion. Absolutely, and we named our our, our cat over here at the studio, Anthony's cat. We named our cat over here at the studio. That's why she got her name, Pyretta, Pyretta Blaze. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's Pyretta awesome. Blaze. Yeah, I, I got to play that. I have to play that um, that chorus now. Sean, anything else you want to leave me, man? It's great to hear from you. Um, I guess that's all I got. I also taught English in Korea like the previous caller randomly, but uh, so you, you speak Korean I got fluently? Not fluently. I I was able to get around pretty well and I still go to like local Korean restaurants and talk to the the wait staff in Korean and freak them out. They all are super surprised a a white guy like me can speak Korean at all, so it's still there but not not fluent. Well, that's okay. Either way, I stored you in the yeah. phone uh, the phone here as Sean Typo fan, so I hope to hear from you again. Oh, perfect. Thanks a lot, dude. Great All right. show. All right. Take care. Be well. Be well. Okay, we're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, more calls, and we're going into these threads. There's so many good things to do. I think that we're going to jump into uh, words that drive you nuts and also some strange things that you've seen in the woods. All right? All right, well, we'll be right back. A major drug sweep in Minnesota. Few details are being released, but we do know that they made one bust in Maplewood. That's where Jeff Curley is standing by right now. Jeff, what do you have going on for us? They're still inside searching for evidence. I'm told six people have been arrested and charged with intent to possess and deliver cocaine. I'm told as much as 44 pounds of cocaine. As I said, they're still inside. They used a battering ram to break through glass in a steel-reinforced door here. We first heard about it through a tip line call early this afternoon. People... Mustang, the original, America's favorite sports car, with three new models. Norman Flip for the new Mustang Fastback, with options like a tilt-away steering wheel that leaps aside, adjusts to nine different positions. 390 cubic inch V8, new wide oval tires, and an optional speed control that lets you set your own course of action. Norman discovered a new wave of excitement. Take the pledge! Take the Mustang pledge. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're cool. 
What's up? I love Kill TV. Yeah, yep. You're cool. Uh, what's QFTV? Did you say what's QFTV? Missy gonna need to go over there and watch QFTV Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, right after Quite Frankly. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely cool. Only on QuiteFrankly.tv, powered by Foxhole. <laughs> Why the fuck are you busting my balls? It was a long time ago. Hey, I remember every blowjob I ever got. How about you? It might be your first blowjob. Yeah, of course. How long did it take for the guy to come? <laughs> did you hear that? I said, you remember your first blowjob? He said, yeah. I said, how long did it take for the guy to come? <laughs> Okay, let's get on down to some of our some of our wonderful mispronounced words, and we'll take some other calls too or along the way. Now we are looking for uh, spooky stories. Anything you want to talk about from today, you can drop us a quick line. And uh, before I go to the spookier side of things, I want to go to this because I, this is a one of a topics that were started by members of the audience. This is from John Otter. It was posted in August, and it's been building up nicely. I've been watching it, and here we have it. Four minutes, or not four minutes, four pages worth. No, two pages. What the hell I see four? A couple of pages worth of these mispronounced words. So here's how it starts off. John says, are there any words or phrases that you come across you can't speak correctly or that they misuse, people misuse, that make your skin crawl? Um, nuclear. What's nuclear? Oh, nuclear. Nuclear. I, it took me a long time to break that habit. I know I, I drove a few people nuts going all George W. Bush on the, the word nuclear. And if I keep saying it over here, I might revert back. So I have to just keep new clear, new clear, new hyphen clear. That's it. Anyway, we got responses here. Uh, Satellite Conspiracy says, Warsh, Warsh the car on Monday. I've heard, where does Warsh come from? Like what, what region in the country goes into things like Warsh? I heard... Uh, I brought up Myron Fagan to G. Edward Griffin a week or two ago, and I've dropped Myron Fagan's uh, CFR Illuminati recordings from the 1960s into into the the network and other um, other social media platforms associated with the show for a long time. He would say things like Warsh, Washington. What part of the country has that as its? I don't know. Couple of people respond to that. I'm in Baltimore, Balmer, B A W L M E R, Balmer, metro area, and that's a classic Baltimore accent. So Warsh, I'm from California. Says satellite conspiracy. I mostly hear it from children of Okies. When I was growing up, you used to hear it everywhere around L A and Central Valley, but it seems to have faded out. Hmm. 
Uh, Swatch says spoom slash spoon. I never heard spoom, but axe and ask I hear a lot. Axe is a very it's a very uh, Staten Island thing. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. That's a very Staten Island thing. Krista Celine says ornaments, as in as in Christmas ornaments. In recent years, I have heard more people mispronouncing it ornaments. That would drive me nuts. I'd say what? I would have would have to stop people. And it isn't a mispronunciation, but a misuse. Gen, Gen Z, in particular, has adopted the word aesthetic, but they totally don't use it correctly. These kids are so stupid, it's as if they didn't know what the term even meant prior to it becoming a buzzword. Example, this outfit is so aesthetic. And then a cringe face. Yeah. I, well, they say things like, oh, that's such a mood. Oh, that's a mood. What are you going to do? I don't know. Well, what stupid things were we saying? I feel like I still say all the things we said back then. Cool. And that's not that that that's like generations before us. Lenox Lenox says it's not mispronunciation, but more of a grammatical error that drives me nuts. Well, we'll do that later on then. Um, let's see here. Likewise, let's see. Marinate, marionate, marionate. Are you going to marionate those states? Maybe it's just a regional thing. Marinate and marionate? I have never heard... It's marinating over here. I don't think... um, I've never heard anybody say marionate. But anyway, we'll get to more of that later on. There's about two more pages left to this. But we're going to go to a, a spookier story. Now listen to this. This is something I wanted to bring up with people. You remember I said that I wanted to hear a little bit more from people that were coming at us from the standpoint of maybe ghostly encounters in places that you don't normally hear these stories. There's haunted houses. But what about haunted highways? Things like that. And all of a sudden, in comes Kurt with a story from Route 66. Frank, while driving in Arizona around 10 p.m., my wife and I in the lead car coming into Flagstaff, Arizona off the high desert from reservation land and Route 66. As I approached what I thought was a nighttime routine road construction crew, I thought I was approaching a flagger under one of those dome lights a flagger would stand under. We were doing about 70 or 80 miles an hour. I slowed down. With my daughter, uh, I slowed down my daughter and son in the car, or their son in the in, in law following in the car behind us. Frank, it was not a flagger. As I approached it, it jumped or ran in front of us, or over or through the car, right over the hood. I don't know how to describe it. It was like light and shimmering waves of red and orange and bright white light up and stood out stood out about ten feet or twelve feet tall. It ran through our car and off into the desert. My son-in-law and daughter behind us saw nothing. I tried to explain it to the hotel check-in lady. She said, yes, people have lots of stories like that who stop in here. 
So what the hell could that have been? Don't know how to describe it. It was like light and shimmering waves of red and orange and bright white light and stood about 12 feet tall. That's something I would have loved to brought up. Maybe I will. Maybe I still will bring it up with John D'Souza. Or even Corey Daniel when he comes back on. We start talking more desert legends and cryptids and we're going to have a lot of that this month. We even have Timothy Alberino coming back on to do that stuff. So, anywho. All right, let's take another call, shall we? 815, you're on the air. What's going on? Hey, dude. Hey. Are we doing the scariest story or what? Oh, yeah, you can give me, if, if that's what you'd like, it is the season. Go right ahead. Is this on, uh, is this on uh, quite frankly? It, it could be if you want it to be. Okay, yeah, yeah, I want it to be. Okay. Okay, in the mid-'80s, I'm out chopping corn stalks. I don't know if you understand what that is. But in the farmland, in the breadbasket of America, you chop corn stalks after you pick the corn. Hmm. I'm out there chopping corn stalks 10 o'clock at night. All of a sudden, all the corn stalks start flying up in the air. I couldn't figure out what's going on. And eight helicopters landed all around me. Freaked me out. I did not know what was going on. Here it was. I heard it was a National Guard. They were just checking, you know, they're just test flying at night, landing in certain areas. They didn't let anyone know they were doing that. And they landed around me, and it's just like, holy shit, what was that? So, anyways, you were in the middle. So, you were, you were in the middle of pretty, of a, of a circle of, of military helicopters. Yeah, military helicopters that just landed all around me and then landed and then took off again. Nobody nobody disembarked. Nobody disembarked. They just landed and then lifted off again. Wow. Yeah, well, it was weird. It was, well, I was watching, and I thought, well, that was one of my freaky stories. If you want to play it, you can, you can't, whatever. Well, thank you for, okay? con- thank you for contributing and that to the show. Day. Yeah, you too, my friend. That was a great call. Yeah, I, I, I hope he knows that he's live and that he was talking to me. I think he was. Imagine that one, being outside in a little cornfield of yours that you're working in, and you have military helicopters landing all around you. You got the wind, you've got the confusion, you got all, you know, you got the wind being generated by the propellers, everything. And as soon as they land, they leave. Nobody disembarks, there's nothing. And then before you know it, you're just left there in the silence of the field again with the, the choppers just kind of pitter-pattering in the distance. What did that really just happen? Wow. I don't have any situations like that. Every once in a while, we have a police helicopter that is that flies over our town and, and, and flashes spotlights all over the place looking for someone who did something bad. But uh, nothing as intimate as that. And let's hope it stays that way. All right, here we go. 824, 828, I'm sorry. 828, you're on the air. And please turn down that uh, in the background. Hey, sorry about that. Hey, it's okay. Who's this? Hey, this is Annie. Annie, welcome to the show. Miss T, actually. Just call me Miss T. You got it, Miss T. Hey, I'm just calling to say a couple spooky things, if you're um, so inclined. One would be... Uh, just the fact of some of my stents in the alphabet agencies and some of the things they had me change about people's um, 
demographic and other information. Wait, 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 or, did, wait, wait. Did you, you know, just say you just say that you worked for alphabet agencies? That had yes, and, and me it, doing things that they wouldn't answer why, and that was pretty spooky. Um, if someone's you know saying they're Hispanic and you're supposed to mark them white, to change your data from the field investigation doesn't make sense. So you, so you, <laughs> and if okay. I was just you know. Uh, that was spooky to me. But so, I was in the Middle East, too, and I had someone do um, what they call white magic in Damascus, Syria. And that was also um, maybe the other, that's supernatural instead of just. Wait a second. Okay, wait. Let's take this little by little here. So first thing, okay. first thing is first. You did some, and we'll, and we'll keep this as general as, as possible, but you did some work for some three-letter agencies or something like that and the some of the weirdest the weirdest things that you did for them that you never obviously get any explanation for because there's a lot of compartmentalization there is changing certain descriptors and information about american citizens in the field or or were they assets or during during SARS-CoV-2 when i was case investigating for the cdc okay i was under carolina community care which was the DHHS branch for the CDC in our region. So we um, handled eight states and what we called the, I won't tell them, but between you and I. It was eight, state, uh, eight states, eight counties within North Carolina. Wow. And so it was mostly the coastal region, and it was during the implementation of the fear, the mask mandate. And then, of course, I didn't renew my contract because those shots were um, released and they wanted me to go give veterans a shot in the drive-thru. And I'm thinking, uh, I signed a remote contract to do case investigation. I did not sign a contract to shoot people up in a drive-thru. And I knew better, but I knew that I needed no more. Okay, well, then, then obviously there's a whole, there's a, a, a very unique level of creepiness to that that can only fit into the context of the last two years. But let's get back now to overseas you were you were you engaged in white magic on whose behalf what happened with this i was actually with a box maker up on top of mount Asad, which is mount Asad's kind of um the engagement in the bible where cain and abel kind of duped it out a lot and it overlooks damascus syria and we were just having literally tea and coffee well he was having espresso and i was having tea and it was great. Next thing you know, there's this woman in her ancient age, and she happens to start going in her language, of course, which is a form of Arabic, and um, is very insistent and ends up, you know, doing things without me having a translator at the time because Isham was just listening. And he's maybe 50, 60 years old. This woman's 80, 90, you know, she's up there. And she ended up ripping his hair out of his chest, spitting it off the side of the mountain, and then making a, a thread in her hand braid itself while holding his hand while he closed that one string. And it turned into hearts over and over again. It was very... And then she, of course, said mine. I had no idea what was, what was going on, but I was too scared to not accept it. And when I did let her, it was a reading, apparently. It was a bunch of stuff that did relate, but at the time, the only thing I thought of is what happened to Isham's hair and why is that braided when it was one 
thread in his hand that she uh, too much. Oh yeah, yeah, for, yeah, and especially, especially after all these after all these years, they still have some pretty fundamental questions unanswered that must be that must have been a real trip to have been in it it must have been over in a flash and then again just like the helicopters that came <laughs> and went to be like what the hell just happened to me yeah well well thank you for the call this was a wonderful call and i i uh, i wish you well we're really kicking off october with a bang here tonight thank you thank you so much all right it's great to hear you well it's it's great to hear your voice too thank you that was great yeah, there's something very, very creepy about having to have been assigned any part of what was going on in 2020 for the first year and a half there. Changing information and descriptors on people. I wonder. You can only just imagine all the little details. All the little details that we'll never know anything about. The little sleight of hand tricks. The accounting. 844. Uh, let's take a call from Patrick. What's going on, Patrick? Hey, Frank. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call. You got it. Listen, uh, we jump in on a spooky story. Okay. Personal. But, uh, let's see. I'll try to make it quick. But I was at a Ted Nugent concert in Detroit. I had a, a brain aneurysm when I was there. Taking a piss. Just no started flowing. I, I went back to my seat, cleaned myself up, and they're all, hey, you punching the nose. Nobody. I ended up going All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Patrick, Patrick, hold on. Uh, okay, I have to just, I, let me just recap because you're you're talking fast and mumbling a little bit. Uh, you said you were going to a concert, oh, okay. you're going to a concert, and you had an aneurysm when you were at the concert. You went to the bathroom, and your your nose started leaking like a sieve, and you went you went back to the the seats, and your friends were like, "Did you get punched in the nose?" That's what you said. Exactly. Okay. And then, and then it started leaking again, so. I said, I got to do something. So they didn't care. They were like, hey, go find a nurse's station, right? So I go there. I end up going to the hospital from there, from Cobo Hall. And, uh, and then uh, they operated on me. But they, they screwed up because they didn't put my uh, the, the uh, IV where I was losing blood. They put it in my, not into my vein, but into my arm, my oh. uh, muscle. Oh. So anyway, they lost me for about three minutes. This is my parents told me this later. A lawsuit. You were, you were dead well, for three. Mom, wait. So so okay. Now we have we have to yeah, take this little by little. So you're going. I was gone. So you went to the nurse at gone. the at the venue. They they determine you've got to get to a hospital. When you get to the hospital, they determine you need to go into surgery immediately. And when they get in there, your IV was just placed into muscle aimlessly and not into your vein. And because of that, they you were dead for three minutes. Yeah, and then they they electric shocked me first they well they figured it out they put it back in my vein uh even after i was gone and then they electric shocked me and then i came back and i don't remember anything about it i just remember waking up in this post-op room where all these people are lying around me and i thought i was in the morgue and I'm, all, I'm, so, I'm not supposed to be here okay that's the first part so i go home after that i was a week in the hospital i go up and i'm 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 hot as hell. I'm sharing a room with my brother upstairs. No air conditioning. I go downstairs. The air conditioning is working in the, in the living room. I'm sleeping on the couch. And I hear this voice. We're finally alone, right? That's like a whisper. And I'm all like distinct. So I get up. And it's coming from the top of my head there. It's on a coffee table. 
and it's a little girl, a brunette girl. I still remember it like yesterday with a little blue dress and kind of holding her legs together. And, and she says, we're finally alone. And I just panicked and I swiped at her like out of fear. And my hand went right through her. And then I looked down and I was actually to see myself lying there sleeping. Right? Wow. <laughs> so my first reaction is to run because I'm, you know, I'm just blown away. And I, to get up, I had to go back into my body and then run up the stairs. And then I hid under the covers. Like I'm at 17 years old. I'm hiding under the covers. So anyway, I didn't How think old you? about it. I mean, the next, I'm like 17 at that point. Okay. But I'm scared shitless. I'm hiding under my covers. My other brother's in the other, like in the other bed across the room. So anyway, I go downstairs the next morning. I'm making a breakfast, and my brother comes down. He says, I think I saw a ghost last night. That's what the first thing he said to me. I'm like, what? So I told my story, right? And he's like, oh, my God, maybe she followed you up. And, you know, she scared the shit out of him, too. So, so there's, there's a little girl, the little girl with the blue dress visited your brother and you in the same night. I think so. And then there's one more. Well, no, that's that, that, that. If that's if that's that's enough. No, 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 no. I did it, ask you. Is okay, it is I'm it the same there. story? Is it is this part three of the same story? If you're going to start a new story, then save it for another night. No, it's the same story. It's the very next night. I just remember I told you I was out of my body and I was selling myself. Yeah. It happened again, but this time I flew all over in real time to see cars. I went around the church steeple. I flew up. I could see the uh, the hand of Michigan before I realized how high I was, like high up. And then I saw, a, I swear to God, I saw a, a silver lining connecting me right to my house. When I, I got scared, I went right back to my window. I actually went out my window to begin with, like past it. And I was right at my window again. I went right there and went right back to sleep. I've never astral projected again, but I mean, that was Interesting, it. Patrick. You know, it seems, and thank you for the call. Thank you for the call and all all your remembrances Thanks there. Thanks for listening. Sorry about that. Oh, no, no. Hey, listen, it's a... I... It's a big, it's a big, fantastic story there. So obviously you can't, you can't summarize all that too quickly. But I, I'm glad that you got it in with three parts. Thank you. Um, there is, a, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Obviously he he wouldn't know the answer to this either. But for the near death experience to be the start of all of that stuff, and then for a week later, the two weeks later. You're having visitations and out-of-body experiences, then all of a sudden they stop. Who the hell knows where that comes from? Who knows? Um, all right. What else? One last thing. We're going to go to the Super Chats, and then we're off for the night. Uh, then we're going to do a little bit, a lot more tomorrow. It's just going to be one good thing after another. Cannot wait. Sean Haig. Says two pre- new two mispronounced words that drive me nuts are across, across like across the street, across the street, across the street. Yeah, yeah, I can see that across, and escaped, e c s c a p, escape. I know escape. Hey, a lot of people say es- espresso. I had a cup of espresso. A lot of people say that. I know a lot of a, a lot of Italians that say espresso in, instead of espresso. 
um, in Escape and also, yeah, Escape. Can't stand it, says Sean. Big Bat says, hey, I say sandwich instead of sandwich. Uh, as an Italian, if I can't pronounce something, I'll just say, you know that thing. Keep up the good work, Paisan. Yeah, well, there's sandwich. There is soder. Like when people around here put the R at the end of a word that has an A at the tail. But uh, I, I feel like that, that's happening less and less. People, uh, language is degrading in ways where it's like the, the diction isn't even regional anymore. We're going back to grunts and moans like it's cavemen and women. That's where we're going soon. That and cackling laughter when people are, 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 are too dumbfounded to even know what questions have been asked of them. They just start cackling with laughter. That's something weird that's going on with us too. Jesse Woke says, it's always bothered me when people say escape. Well, there, there's another one. Rather than escape, to make things worse, a co-worker recently said escape goat. Oh, no. Oh, no. To which we all burst out in laughter. Yeah, there's a... Someone I know used to say threadmill instead of treadmill. Uh, There's a few other things that we just could not get past. Wowee. I guess people are out there just itching to talk about the things that make them go nuts. You gotta think about it. Anyway... Back over on QuiteFrankly.tv real quick before we end. Let's see. Um, Falkulan says rum and cokes are draining down the throat well. Delona, Boyce Blanc. Uh, let's see. More and more. Hangten Alien Surfer. It was great to get a call from him the other week. Thank you for that. And Delona, you guys and gals, you've been so nice to me. That's the end of our thing, of our show tonight. But guess what? We have a wonderful night of fun and lighthearted, masterful broadcasting and curating that's going on at QuiteFrankly.tv right now. And more of this good stuff tomorrow when you join us at 7 o'clock with our guest of the evening, Nathaniel Gillis, demonologist. So much more to do. And I appreciate you guys being here for it all. All right. Well, that's that. Thank you. And stay. Stay well. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now our super chatters, starting with Fredo Awakening, uh, Sean Haig, Big Bats, Jesse Woke, Stickman Mike, and Albert Frederick. I did not see this. Uh, the set of the Bro movie called and said that they want their sweater back. I, I told you, it's a very springtimey sweater. I, I should have just left it home. I knew, I knew it. I knew this is what was going to happen to me. All right. Uh, what else do we have? That's all. Good night. <laughs> I'm going to go watch the bro movies. The bro movie. Tell you how it is tomorrow. Goodbye.
Okay, Chief, take him away. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. I am not gay.